Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Good morning, Lighthouse Church. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Eddie Garcia, and uh, I uh, am part of the host team, and I am also, uh, I attend, like the pastor said, the Lighthouse Leadership College, and I have been given the privilege this morning to bring to you guys a brief message, and uh, I will be kicking off this year's Emerging Voices. I'm excited. Um, My uh, title for my message is The Way of Trust, and it is found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and it states, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, um, uh, you guys may be seated. Sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, When I first opened up my shop... Um, I didn't have a lot of customers, so that meant that we didn't have a lot of money. And um, when, when I first started, I had a lot of friends who found out, oh, Eddie has a shop, so they would bring their cars for me to fix them. But a lot of my friends had money problems. So I would fix their cars, I would give them their cars, they would take them without paying, you know, just with us trusting that they were going to come back and pay their bills. Um, early on, you know, my brother who runs the finances at my shop informed me, hey, bro, we don't have enough money to pay the rent this month. And he goes, I know you want to be a nice guy, but being a nice guy doesn't pay the bills. You know, we still had a couple of days, so I told him, it's all right, bro, um, it will, we'll be okay, everything will work out. And the day of the rent, that the rent was due, had come, and he just looks at me and he's just like, you know... I told him, don't worry, bro, it's all going to work out. And of course, one of the customers, one of my friends who I had done a job for, happened to come in, pay his bill, and it just happened to be enough to pay the rent. And I remember I was just under the car, working on a car, my brother looks over at me, and I had the, just the biggest smirk on my face. And I told him, bro, you have to learn to trust that God has our back. <laughs> now, um... The book, of Pro- the book of Proverbs is believed to have been written by King Solomon. King Solomon was uh, one of the wisest men who ever lived. And the book of Proverbs is a collection of teachings, sayings, and advice. Well, my favorite part of that book is uh, trusting in God. And uh, trust requires a transfer of faith and control. Now, we all practice trust And sometimes the smallest things that we do, like hitting a light switch, we trust that the lights are going to come on. Sometimes when we go sit down on a chair, you know, we trust the chair is going to hold us up, right? Well, how many of you have been to a barbecue or a birthday party where they have those plastic chairs? (laughs) Now, I no longer trust those plastic chairs. (laughs) Those chairs have failed me time and time again. 
You know, it could be because I can't sit still. It could be that I exceed the weight limit. Whatever the reason is, I don't trust those chairs anymore. Now, uh, building trust is a process. And um, we have to believe that something has a strength to hold us, but we also have to believe that it is reliable. Um, at my shop, we have often done jobs for customers uh, that we didn't even recommend. Like, we have customers who come in and go, hey, my, my brakes are bad. I need you to fix my brakes. I go drive it, I check it, I tell them, there's nothing wrong with the brakes. They're, they're still good. But they tell us, no, no, the brakes are not good. I heard a noise. I didn't quite stop just right. And they ask us, can you just please put new brakes on my car? And I, we go ahead and do it because we understand that if they don't trust that that car is going to stop, they're not going to want to drive that car anymore. So even though we tell them, hey, you don't need them yet, but if you want them, we'll go ahead and do it. And we perform the job because I, I know what, it, what it's like to have a car that the brakes don't work. You know, when you're, in a, when you're a mechanic, your car is the last one that gets worked on. So I understand when they go, man, my car didn't stop. So, so we go ahead and take care of that for them. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't take much to break trust either. I also have customers who have broke down on the freeway. Now, I don't know if anybody here has ever broke down on the freeway. That is the worst place to break down. You know, people are driving super fast, you know, and, and every customer, almost every customer that we have who have broken out on the freeway, even after we fix their car, that's it. That car is gone. They want to sell it. They no longer trust that car. It doesn't matter how nice of a car it is or how good of a car it is. They'll ask us, is this car still good? Oh, it's good. They're like, nah, you know what? No, it didn't take them home safely, so they no longer trust it, and they, they want to get rid of it. They decide, that's it. I, I do not want... I don't want this car anymore. So um, people and objects are always going to fail us because they are not perfect. And uh, we fail ourselves when we don't put our trust in God. Amen. And, um, sorry. When we put our trust in God, God will never fail us. And uh, he might not always give us what we want. You know, I want a, a bigger shop, a nicer shop, but hey, he has given me what I need. And, um, and he will always keep us on the right path. And um, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary at, at our shop. And um, my, my brother has learned that even though me being a nice guy doesn't pay the bills, he knows that me putting my trust in God is what has kept us going for 10 years so that I could continue to be a blessing to, to, you know, to my customers. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to open up my own shop, because I have the ability to put people, my customers, above a profit. And, you know, I trust that God is going to continue to, to bless my shop. So to genuinely trust God, we must recognize him as trustworthy and surrender our lives to him. Uh, I know that it is hard because as humans, we love to be in control. But uh, this morning, I encourage you guys um, to not lean on your own understanding, but, uh, you know, put your trust in God. Amen. God bless you guys.
Well, good morning, everybody. My, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Omar. I, um, I think I started coming here about a year and a half ago. That's when my, actually my journey started with, with faith. Actually, about seven years ago, right? So my, um, my theme for today, or my, you know, the verses that God put in my heart for today is um, uh, the way of love. That's the name of it. But it's 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. And it reads, we love because we, he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they haven't seen. You know, when, before I started to know God, I, I, I've known of God since I was a little kid because I'm, you know, raised Catholic. But when I came here and I first saw Christians when I was about 10, 9 years old, there was, a, there was a, some neighbors that were there. I was like, how are they able to love the way that they do? Their way of love is so giving, so kind, so they just care for everybody. They just love, and I, didn't under, I, I just didn't understand it. And it wasn't until I came here and I started to understand and I started to, more than anything, understand that it, wasn't any, it had nothing to do with me. Right. But it had everything to do with him. That love that he gives me, that compassion, that grace that he gives me every day, is, then I can reflect that off to, to the people around me. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So how do you forgive someone who's done a tremendous amount of, who's caused a tremendous amount of pain in your life? How do you forgive someone? How do you love someone like that? How do you give him grace? How do you do that? It's not an easy task. Right. I don't know. I mean, I've seen many times on, on, on TV, on social media, where you have people forgiving people, a parent forgiving a, a murderer who's, you know, who's killed their son. A, a woman from the Middle East who's battled, I don't know, being stoned, all these horrible things, yet she goes out, th- goes out there and transmutes that pain into love. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? You know? So what is our duty as, as Christians, as childs of God? What is our job? What do we need to do? You know, why do we love the way that we love? And I believe that one of them is, I mean, it's obvious on verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And this is a love that cannot be experienced by our feelings, by our sensations, by our uh, personal experiences with other people. No, it is something that is experienced felt directly from him. And when we are able to feel that love, we are able to transmute that, you know, just reflect that love, like I said, to the ones around us. You know? Uh, number two, you know, we love because he wants us to love. It's, 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 as Christians, it's not an option. You can't pick and choose who you love. Oh, I love him because, you know, he gives me work. I don't like this guy because he doesn't give me a whole, you know, you, you can't pick and choose. It's that, you know, it's like being grateful. You got to be grateful for everything in your life. The good and the bad, right? You can't just pick and choose. You know, when you're grateful for life, you're grateful for everything, not just the good, but also the bad. We learn from everything. So if we, you know, like I said, it's a commandment. It's not, it's not an option. Like, you know, he says it in Mark 12, you know, verse 31, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. It's not saying, you know, fall in love with your neighbor. You know, and, and, and love yourself, you know, because that would be my way and selfish. 
obviously, you know. But yet, you know, if we go, if we go back to 1 John a little bit further on, on verse 21, it tells us this. It says, and he has given us his command, this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So it's not an option. I can't pick and choose. You know, be honest with you guys, I had a totally different thing set up for this today. But this past Tuesday, um, I had a, a experience that just kind of changed everything for me. God, I don't know if it was an opportunity that God put in, in, in my path. I believe it was. But he put me in front of somebody who caused a tremendous amount of pain in my life, in my family. So to see that person homeless, if it would have been the Omar from a few years back, I would have said, that's what you deserve. Yet as I'm turning the corner, feed him. I'm like, ha, you're crazy. <laughs> that's where it all started. What are you talking about? And then it was like, well, this is when, where everything comes full circle. And it ends. So I turn around, I go into chicken filet, buy some food, go up to the kid, and I said, are you hungry? He said, yeah. So I gave him the food, I prayed over him, gave him a little bit of money. As I'm walking away, he looks at me as if he knew who I was. I think, you know, and, and he's, uh, what's your name? I said, my name is brother, my name is Omar, brother. And he looks at me and he puts his head down. And all I could say was like, you know what, brother, God loves you, I love you. God bless you. You know, he's waiting for you to come back. I go back into my truck, and I just lose it. What did I get from this? I got healing. And when we are healed, we're able to heal those around us. When we are able to show love for those who have cost God. You know, it, 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 if I could explain what I felt that day, I would explain it. But it's something you guys have to experience. It's something that you guys have to experience yourselves. You know, we cannot give what we haven't received. You know? So, you know, there's two kinds of love, loves in this world. Actually, one. There's one kind of love in this world. That's the imperfect love. And that imperfect love will always demand perfection from others. And when you don't get that perfection, you're ashamed, you're rejected, and you're ignored. But yet, we have the love of the Father that is perfect, that takes you and takes me as imperfect as we are, takes those imperfections, works with them, makes, us in, makes them into something beautiful for his glory. I mean, me standing here is a testimony to that. So, you know, thank you guys. Good morning. I'm going to try to get situated here. All right. Well, good morning, Lighthouse. It's truly a privilege to be here with you today. Uh, I first would like to thank Pastor Josh and Joanna for all of their wisdom and support um, in the Lighthouse Leadership College. It has truly been just a blessing um, in my life and um, and as some of you may not know me, but my name is Melissa, and alongside my family, we're grateful to call Lighthouse Church our home. 
I'm going to try not to cry, <laughs> because, um, of course, God asked me to talk about something that is um, very touching to my heart, and so I'm going to be reading to you um, out of the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 26, verse 3, um, out of the NIV, and if you guys would like to follow along on the screen, and it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So I'm talking to you today about what I have titled The Way of Peace. So have you ever felt like sometimes we limit peace to like the seasons um, or like it's a feeling, I just want to feel peace or that saying of, you know, rest in peace, like we only get to have that when we die? Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I I thought about that once, and I was like, why is that? Why do we only get to have that until we die? I don't want to wait. I want to live in peace right now. And I really didn't understand when I first, you know, came into the faith that when people would talk about, well, you have to die to yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know what that means, but, um, but as I began to ask God, for peace, he began to show me the true meaning of peace and how our ways must die so that his ways can live in us. And so the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which means fullness or wholeness. And so how many of you guys love the holiday season? (laughs) I mean, it's supposed to be so fun, right? It's supposed to be like full of light and peace. Um, But let's be real, sometimes it's a little chaotic, sometimes it's a little stressful. Um, But six years ago, I actually found myself in one of the darkest seasons I had ever experienced Um, during the holiday season. um, I became overwhelmed with fear and anxiety and guilt to top it all off because I had just came home with a newborn baby And it was supposed to be the greatest time, and yet I felt debilitated um, in this season. And so it's supposed to be this time, and yet that's not what it was for me. And so some of you may relate to that. Maybe the holidays aren't that peaceful, joyful, um, in the natural in your experiences that you are having. Um, Because if you may relate to that, you know, I was sitting there, just in my room not wanting to leave um, because I was so overcome with all the fear and I was just filled with tears and worry. And all of this was just being triggered from my past experiences that I was so focused on that I wasn't going to be enough, that I wasn't going to be able to do what, what I needed to do for my family because I was just so focused on my own um, insecurities and where I fell short. And anxiety is a difficult thing to experience because it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain what you're feeling and and the things that you're going through, it doesn't logically make sense. And so unless people have experienced it, it's hard for people to relate. Um, But what I realized in that moment is that I needed to shift my focus from my fear to who God is and surrender my circumstances to him. I needed to acknowledge that Jesus was already there with me through it all. Even in the middle of my fear and in my puddle of tears, I know we all have moments like that. 
And it's in those moments that we can lean on God's word to bring us hope. See, peace can come really easy when things are good, right? But it's in those hard times that true peace can only come from God. And so Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament who lived in Jerusalem during a time of unrest and turmoil. In this time, he was going around giving a a message of judgment and hope. So Isaiah states that those who remain focused on God and trust in him and his promises, then God is going to keep them in perfect peace. God was purifying Jerusalem in this time so that later would come a new king called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that empowered by his spirit, his kingdom would transform all of creation, bringing peace. So Isaiah was speaking to the people of Jerusalem who were about to face exile, and yet he spoke to them about peace and about the coming prince of peace. I'm sure it didn't make much sense to them, like, we are supposed to have peace in the middle of all of this. But that's what trusting God is all about. It's leaning on him even when we don't know what the plan is. So I tell you all of this to say that life can get very overwhelming when we focus on our circumstances more than when we focus on God. So when I was experiencing this anxiety, I knew that I needed Jesus desperately because he was the only one that would know what I truly needed. And he was already there with me, I just hadn't realized it yet. So there was a shift in my heart posture when I began to worship him and surrender my fear and anxiety to him. It was then that he began to restore me and give me that life of peace. So just like Jerusalem, our hearts also require a purification process so that we can be transformed and live in peace. So I want to give you two key points that can still be applied today that the prophet Isaiah stated. He said we're to remain steadfast and trust in God. But how do we do that? Well, I'm so glad you asked me. (laughs) So number one, worship. Worship is how we enter and acknowledge the presence of God, who he is and his sovereignty, and that his ways are better than our ways. Worship is about seeking him and building a relationship with him so that we can really get to know how great he is. And the ultimate form of worship is surrender, which leads me to my second point. Surrender is recognizing the parts of our mind that are out of alignment and that Jesus does not abide in. Surrender is inviting God to fulfill his purpose over our lives and letting go of our ways. Peace is not always the absence of chaos. It's not a temporary feeling, but it's a promise. Jesus is the better way because he is the Prince of Peace. He is how we are made whole. And Jesus tells us that he came so that we could have life and life to the fullest. It's not ignoring or bypassing our feelings or circumstances, but acknowledging that he is with us and that he invites us to trust him um, as he purifies our hearts and completes us. So as Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
So I encourage you today to follow the way of Jesus and live in peace by acknowledging who God is and surrendering your ways to him. So I want to just invite you in this moment. Um, I just want to pray over you as we get ready to close out. If you would just bow your heads and I just want to, if you're going through a difficult season or you are maybe not super excited about this time and what the holidays are and how overwhelming it can be, I just invite you to close your eyes and just surrender all of that to him right now. So Father, I just thank you for... If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.